Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphones are your hosts, Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the official number one rated Memphis Tigers college football podcast, according to uh, Big Game Boomer. Is that the only ranking list he's ever gotten correct? Yeah, for sure. I think so. The one that always stood my mind was best fast food in each state, and he put Captain D's. or long, No, Long John Silver for, for Tennessee. Wow. I was like, this dude's just making stuff we up. We even have a Long John in the city? I don't think so. That was just the estate overall. There's yeah. one somewhere, I guess. Probably Jackson. Maybe. I, I think he just makes one. stuff up, dude. Just out there trolling. Except for now, I think he's actually an this extremely right. credible source. Yeah. First legitimate ranking that we've ever had. Anyway, in honor. Work. Surprise to me. I mean, yeah. You shared it to us. Cheers. I was like, what's going on? What are we sipping on to celebrate tonight, T? Oh, uh, for a celebration, we got Crosstown Squonky. Squonky. Funky Monkey. This is a... Uh, a hoppy lager, they call it. Apparently, Squonky is like a nickname for one of the owners or brewer's daughters or something like that. Something the owner's like daughter that. over across one town of the goes by Squonky. Interesting. Squonky? I like this can right off whoa, the bat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just saying. It's too early for that. I'm not rating it. I'm just telling you I like all right, it. All right, all right, all right. Tej, your weekend. How was it? I honestly don't remember a single thing about the weekend. It I brought a koozie so fast. tonight. By the way, we're, we need some official Bluff City Tigers Untapped koozies. They could be in but the works. But our beers get hot while we sit here. And that record. is true. They could be in the works. We'll just say that for now. Might have to swing by a tailgate this year if we have one. Mm. Official Tigers Untapped BCM tailgate. Yeah, I think we're going to try to do the first game of the year. Are we? I think that's the one that um, seems to be working out. I don't know. It's the first game of the year. I think like. I am on dad duty uh, that Saturday, so Catherine will be in attendance. Perfect. That'll be great. Bring her along. Strap her up. Yeah. Stripe her up. Yeah, <laughs> that's better. I'll put her in a little Memphis cheer uniform. It'll be great. Hey, we played basketball in another country. How Teach. about that? August the 2nd. And look, I'll tell you this. It started out rough. We shared that link out. The mm-hmm. first one wasn't working. <laughs> we had to get another link. The warm-ups were going over. The camera angle was from the corner. I was like, this is going to be rough. Yeah, I couldn't tell. At first, I was asking who was wearing the Elliott. If you were in the Discord, it was blowing up because it was like mid-season form in there, which if you haven't already need to join, TJ and trade get you a month uh, or no, 10% off, I think. Uh, I think that's right. So get in there. It was in full form, Discord blowing up. But I was asking who's wearing the Elliott Perry socks, and then I realized that that was actually the Dominican national team warming up. I just couldn't tell who was who. The color scheme was a little confusing. I'm not going to lie. It was, both blue and white. Uh, But then, I mean, it turned out to be one of the, I mean, maybe best streaming broadcast I have ever seen. This is not a joke. I'm not messing around. It was a great broadcast. Yeah, I mean, I I was pleasantly surprised. When I I turned it on, I was like, oh. I will say when the sound came on, the female sideline reporter I was in the kitchen. I nearly shat my pants because I thought somebody was in the house. She started screaming <laughs> in Spanish. 
A lot of people had. had I mean, it uh, was that same reaction. It was terrifying because there was no sound before that point in time, and I did not realize how loud I had the TV. But absolutely, I mean, crystal clear, top notch, man. Yeah, my Spanish is not what it used mm-hmm. to be back in high school when I was taking Spanish regularly, but it was, I mean, top to bottom, a really solid production. Yeah, it, my, I would watch multiple games of Memphis <laughs> play with that production crew and announcers, especially since like we went from. Hey, you're not going to get this broadcasted to, Hey, you're going to maybe get this broadcasted to, Hey, this is going to be a real weird angle, but you got it. And then you got the real link. I mean, I was even questioning whether it was going to work or not. The first link we got didn't also shout out to the university for being like, Hey, you guys asked. So we supplied and clearly uh, they, they had did not nothing supply. to do with that <laughs> production whatsoever. Spielberg, but that I mean, there was what? nothing about the university that had Trey is speaking the quiet part out loud right now. How hilarious was that? I mean, it was, you got it. I love them for sending out the the link, but yeah, I got the wrong link for a long time and it was awful. Yeah. I don't know that anything ever happened on that link. Well, I was just sitting there waiting. I'm in there, but you guys are all in the chat talking and I'm like, well, what, what game were you guys watching? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, not just the broadcast, but the game in general, I mean, August 2nd in the Dominican, we were playing in front of nine. It was a packed arena. You had celebs in the house. Big Poppy. Big Poppy. Um, he's not a celeb, Francisco Garcia, but he was there. In the DR, he's absolutely. I would say he's, probably a celebrity. he's not a celebrity here in Memphis, and this was a Memphis production. <laughs> I don't know why they interviewed Thank him. Thank you, Memphis basketball. <laughs> it's disgusting. I, uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised by the number of people that showed up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. that was, I said it. In the Discord, I mean, legitimately, that was as raucous and as tough as a road game at Houston. Maybe more so. I I don't know how many does the Fertitta Center sit. I was going to say I don't I think know it's like that five thousand. We had almost double that. Yeah, I would say I don't know that that stadium. I mean, that was like the Dominican version of the Cameron Crazies. It it is definitely superior to several arenas that we will play in this year alone. oh i mean it blew fau's gym out of the water we don't even need to mention that we have four times the amount of people there i've been to walgreens it's gonna take a full that. slate of conference games for fau's total attendance to match how many were at that game on wednesday night did you see the streaming numbers at one point i think oh, we were Bumgarner took a screenshot we were up it was over like 30k yeah it was like 30 some odd thousand at one i mean point. granted that was probably a large number of uh dominican i can't call it. in but what how many how many people do we have in memphis Six hundred and fifty thousand. I think he's like six seventy five in the metro area. I mean, just I think we could put based together based off of the numbers on the other two games. Is well, we had twenty. It's because somebody snapshot it and send it to your mark. You want basketball? This is talk about international basketball numbers. Tigers go down to the DR. We get thirty k on a stream. We're not going to talk about that yet. You know my feelings on it. All, all right. Anyway, I came out very encouraged from that sure. game. On uh, let's be honest, it was Memphis basketball won. We literally the basketball team did not win the game, Mm -hmm. but the only reason we lost is because of former Memphis Tiger (laughs) Lester Quinones, who scored what we set it at 28 and a half points. Yeah, your lines were perfect, and five and a half threes. He hit six and nine threes. Yeah, beat both by a bucket, absolutely lit us up like we thought he would, and then to our surprise. Current Tiger David Jones hitting big buckets. Him and Lester is happening. 
Eh, we had, yeah, we it talked was, about he was playing. I don't know that we knew for sure if it was for the national team. Yeah, it was like team. teetering on what team, and all of a sudden you see him on the other and team. And it wasn't actually at that point when we had recorded last week, it wasn't confirmed, confirmed, but sure. we, there were rumors that he might be playing. But I think he was 5 of 5 from the field, knocked down both threes, hit all three of his uh, two-point shots, ended up with 12, I think. Yeah, but he looked good. A steal and a dunk on our heads, like, Memphis basketball won the other night. Former and current Tiger players. Yeah, I mean, if you give David Jones points to us, we win the ball game by four. What was the final score in that? Ninety-one, eighty-four. And that's against like grown. Like I know the Memphis is grown men, but like I mean, that's a FIBA competing yeah, team. That's he, been exactly. Like four NBA players were on that team. Yeah, NBA right. players, two-way guys, like dudes with tons of experience, yeah. professional players. I mean, that and was you hung with them. That was not a easy. This is not. Sure. Incarnate word. Right. Or even, uh, did you see, have, did either one of you see the, the Arkansas, Arkansas women, what <laughs> they did today? Kenny, did you see that? I didn't see that. I saw Kansas, though. They played like Wachita Baptist, basically. No, it was worse that's my, than Hey, that. that's my alma mater, man. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> they played, yeah, Wachita Baptist uh, alumni team. Kenny was out there. <laughs> yeah. It was like 102 to 12. One, 124 yeah. to 12. Yeah, something stupid. And they the tweet that they tweeted out said that was fun. And I want to be like, was that was fun? That fun? I don't know that beating anyone that badly is fun. Wait, it sounds what like, was the score again? Let's see. They played 24 to in, 12. The in Croatia All-Stars, the Arkansas women's team won 124 to 12, Kenny. Why do you even do that? That's what I'm saying. What's the point of that? That was like that uh, baseball game. Yeah. The uh, U.S. US, under 12. Yeah. U12 team. 43 to 1 or whatever. I think it was like 41 to 1. Something like that. It's like. (laughs) My question is, who do you think has a better team? The Dominican Republic national team or the Bahamian national team? Well, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, didn't Buddy Hill play? I'm going to say the Dominican probably. But yeah, I would. I don't know. It'd be a good game. We could have had a little round robin with us, Kansas, Dominican, and uh, Bahamas. But shout out to Kansas for actually playing a team worth a damn. Wait, what? Kansas played the Bahamian, the Bahamian. Okay, national yeah, team yeah. today and yes, lost. Yes, 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 yes. I'm with you Just now. as we did. You think you... they caught as much flack as we did in some of the <laughs> Twitter comments for losing to it the is national so, team? It is so wild to me. Do y'all? Le- let me ask you this legitimate question. After seeing that team play, the Dominican team, Will Memphis play a team of that caliber in the regular season this year? Wow. I asked a similar question. I'm going to say no because I don't know. Are we talking like four legitimate NBA guys? That's what I'm saying. Like they have absolute NBA players, like two relative. I mean, they have rotational players on that team. So like I don't understand what team are you going to play that has. I mean, I think there's there's probably a, a potential in the Bahamas, Atlantis, Battle for Atlantis. I mean, on you're talking team? On one team. I mean, I think it depends on who you get matched up. That is so rare. Well, that's like that's the true. four would that be a Kentucky, lot. that one Kentucky team. I mean, you're going to play teams that had, are definitely talented. But yeah, that, I mean, that may, from four. a perfect, I know, TJ, from a professional standpoint, probably not. Whatever. I mean, we're I probably mean, <laughs> we're definitely not playing somebody that went off like Lester went off. No, I couldn't imagine. He's a changed man on the. He basketball is such court. a different basketball. It's that sidestep, dude. It makes me 
A step back three? Yeah. yeah. Filthy. I got so much. It's not FOMO, fear of missing, but it's like fear of we did miss out on what could have been. Yeah, you could have gotten more from Lester. I mean, if we had had that Lester this last past year, year with KD and D. Oh. Yeah, it did seem like that was like the player they were missing necessarily. I mean, Lester averaging 20 plus with KD averaging 20. Oh, goodness gracious. Hang the banner. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't lose to freaking FAU. FAU. But it was a good game. I mean, uh, obviously, you're not, we're not seeing, like, the team's been together, what, five days at this point? I mean, you had several dudes sure. join leading up. I mean, Jalen Young, what met us in, I mean, he didn't play granted, but sure. still it's a team trip. They're there to like bond and get to know each other, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Brian, how long was Jordan Brown was there for like a, right. He came in like days, two days I before. Like, yeah. I, don't, I think his first practice was the day before. Um, Prior to them pl- going to the Dominican Republic, they had played one day of five V five yeah. with the team they had. Oh yeah. I mean, we've the whole summer we've had seven dudes here and this isn't like they're running. You sets. can't run five on five, but you're doing five on O or like three V three cutthroat. I think the, everything day. I saw was 3v3. I mean, that's all you can do. So, I, to me, that Wednesday night first game, I know you lost. I know at one point you were down 23. But even to come back from that and make it a game, a three-point game with, what, a minute and a half left? Yeah. You had Jordan knocking. We'd heard he's been working on his shot, looked like a good shooter, hit huge threes down the stretch. Like, I was very encouraged coming out of Wednesday night's game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that – Seeing Caleb Mills last year for for a play for a bad team, I was not that encouraged. I'll be honest. When he when we I first found out that he was coming to Memphis, I was not that encouraged because I was like he played for a bad team. He didn't really impress me. Like yeah, he was good as a freshman forever ago, but he was on a good team. Like I don't know. No, he impresses me. He, he is that. He's good. He's a hooper. Yeah. He is a bucket get like so smooth. Yeah, gets to the basket, uses the glass like. He's a scorer. And I was disappointed we didn't get to see more of him. I think he had, it was like precautionary, sit him out sure, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, he absolutely looked the part. And I was kind of in the same boat as you. as like, mm, especially with him at that point in time being really the only, the guard, only guard that we yeah. had. He can run one all day long. I don't care. What did you think about Quinn? the rock in his hands. Uh, I think he's, he's going to be good. Yeah. Again, it's at that point, like – we're probably not running lineups. He's putting the guys out there in different situations just to kind of see what he's working with. They haven't been playing together. But I think Quinterly is going to be exactly what we need him to be at the one. Sure. I, I think he did a really good job of setting other guys up for baskets. Yeah. I mean, in that first game, obviously Caleb and Quinterly probably are the two that you walk out of most excited about. Mm. In the first game? What? No. Go Go for it. I was just going to say Caleb with, what, 18 and 8, I think he had. Quinterly had 13, 7 assists. Maybe I've got the day. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. There was someone else that stood out to me. Who? Carl. Oh, well, Carl all week. Yeah. Dude's got a freaking motor that just runs on that Germantown diesel water. (laughs) Like, I, I think that Mills, yes, took me by surprise because I just didn't really know what to expect from him. And I think I was generally worried that maybe he wasn't as advertised kind of situation, but he is sure. in fact as advertised. Oh, 100. And if you, I mean, yeah, at Florida state on a bad team, like there can be some kind of questions there, Sure, but even just go, go back and watch his freshman year at Houston. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's exactly what we got 
on Wednesday night and they didn't make him. Yeah. And I, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of point guards that are setting other guys up. Big assist guys. Quinterly checks that box for me 10 times. Yeah. Like I, I think he was great. It was Carl because Carl is the one freshman that I think will see the floor. We've said that previously just from a defensive standpoint, but I will be on it. Like both sides of the floor. I mean, I, I don't know if this is kind of like a one-off thing. I mean, he's dunking on people's heads. Yeah, but he looked great offensively. That's he's got I'm a saying. high motor. He looks like a good defender. He's Where things get interesting is where would he play necessarily. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of like the one thing that stands out to me specifically is he's kind of a tweener between a two or a three for me. I know it's positionless, whatever, but I'm trying to think of who he would defend. Um, he does have good size. I mean, he's not small by any means. Um it, that just happens to be where the Tigers have a lot of depth. So I'm worried about, does he get a ton of minutes there? Is it going to be limited? Um, Mills, Quinterly, um, Young, kind of um, Jaden necessarily. David Jones. David Jones, exactly. What they what they want David Jones to be. You want to talk about being impressed. And he wasn't in Tiger Blue. He's in Dominican White the other night. But David Jones was <laughs> impressive. Yeah, he on looks, both sides, he looks defensively so and big. offensively. He, he looks so look big. big to me. He yeah. does. But that's somebody else that, like, we're sitting here talking about it, and he wouldn't even suit it up for us. Like, he, there's no, how does he not start? Oh, no, I think he definitely starts for you. And I think you and I both kind of slated him. To start. Yeah, absolutely. But then it's also like, and I we talked about this earlier, TJ, I texted it to you. It's August, but Penny's got a problem. He definitely has a problem, a big problem. Some would say it's a good problem to have, but how's he going to find time for all these guys? Y'all already missing one guy, to me, that stood out. They all stood out, Kenny. Let me tell you Who one stood guy. out? I know what he's going to say. Jaquan. Oh, oh no, well, that's actually ain't. not where I thought you were going. Jaquan looked great. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, game two was a huge breakout game for Jaquan, but... For every, I mean, there's not a guy on the roster that I couldn't go down and find something positive that sure. I saw. I mean, Ashton shooting the ball at a high clip. He's hit three threes yesterday in the, the first, first like half. four minutes of yeah. the game. Shot fifty percent from three yesterday. You know, I I tweeted it out going back to Kenny's point about Jaquan. I don't think you could have found a better player this late into the game. It's not possible. And they, this dude just shows Penny up. is pulling rabbits out of hats. What was that? And some out there said that that wasn't possible. There's no rabbits out there to be had. I, th- I think I know exactly who you're talking but about. But they're in the hat. What was it? 27 points. You can't see them when you don't have boards? access to the hat. Huh? What was it 27 and 14? 27 and 14 boards in game two. And I'll, I will say, as encouraged as I was after Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I felt like I came back down a little bit to reality. With it, it was just a tougher game than I think we probably imagined being with a, a select team. Now, granted, they did pull it out. Also, Caleb sat out, like we mentioned. Sure. Again, you're. It's a team that's in the Dominican. They played the night two nights prior. They're riding freaking banana tubes in between Love these the games. They're at an all inclusive. Love it. Slick Rick's got boo boo bottom from salmon. There's no telling what else they've eaten and drinking that's making people funky. Are you trying to say that the the DR set them up with food poisoning to fail? I'm not saying they set them up, but there was some questionable officiating. <laughs> I mean, it was giving me flashbacks the entire to the weekend. EFA there was the entire week. There was absolutely just 
again, like Friday, I was watching a lot of it on my phone. I was in the foothills of the Ozarks in <laughs> Arkansas. But there were some things I was like, mm, what are, what's going on here? I mean, especially, granted, given we were told the game was getting pushed back so the select team could find better players. Well, damn it, they found them. I don't know where yeah, they got they- them. <laughs> we got 39-year-olds dunking on our heads and then telling us we're too little. Uh, did you see that? I did see that. I'm exactly on corner put about. back on Quinterly's head, and then he held the. T- I mean, and it was uh, Kenny. I don't even know if you can get this in the frame, but that wasn't just a typical. You're little. I mean, he went, he went an inch off the floor and held it for 33 seconds, which was far too long. <laughs> Made it to the free. He's lucky line. there wasn't an altercation, physical altercation that transpired. Well, at the age of 39, he might have had a back issue and got locked. It, down well, in that, that is also a possibility. But to be honest, that 39 to get that low and. Far off the floor at just an inch. I mean, he's grabbing toes. That's pretty impressive. I was fully expecting it to be like, uh, what was it last year when we were playing the postmen? Like basically the 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 postal service dude was showing up. Oh, like, at the with his uniform yeah, like when we went to, to the Bahamas. I mean, that's in yeah, tw- in we, 2019. Yeah, yeah, whenever it was. We, yeah, we knew the national team was going to be real, right? Yeah. Well, it was kind of back and forth. We didn't know exactly who was going to be playing. They but had that the is obviously to be a much team, yes. better than when you go to the Bahamas and you were playing dudes that are literally showing up after their nine to five. We were playing in a conference room, which after. is what a lot of, <laughs> oh, yes, in the a conference room of a hotel. Yes, yeah. So I mean, we played in a was. legit arena on Wednesday night, and then the other two games were in a nice look. I mean, again, better than FAU's gym. The paint colors, for sure. They look better than FAU. We painted the rafters red. They look good. I don't know why they did that voice for them. Yeah, that's a weird Boca Raton, Florida. I don't know the voice, man. I just still blows my mind that that's what they're, like, bragging about. We're just going to, all season, we're going to make little jabs at FAU. Um, Kenny, I'm going to be honest. I thought you were going to say JJ as uh, the player that stood out to you that you were most surprised by. I am notably not the highest of JJ. I, I think he's a guy that has just um, not necessarily played the highest of competition in high school and things like that. He did look good. I, I'm not trying to disparage him. He did look good. He looked very athletic. He's very capable. Sure. And especially yesterday, what it, he ended up with 22 and I don't know. I have to pull it up. But he had 22 yesterday, I think, in like 21 minutes. Um yeah, I, he's he's six nine, very fluid on the floor. Obviously, has a lot of skill. Yeah, I just again of I don't the, know where he fits. of the freshman. I think Curl's my number one as right now is yeah. most impressive. And to me, it's going to be difficult, especially given the veteran age of this team for a freshman. I think to find any time on the sure. floor, but at both ends of the floor, I think if anyone does it, it's going to be Carl. At Here's this point, what, at this point in time, and this is yeah. August what seventh seventh today. I mean, we got months until basketball's really starting. When sure. it comes to the freshmen, I don't look at it as a finished product. What I'm what I look at for these freshmen mm-hmm. is specifically, especially in you know for Memphis, knowing the level of emphasis that Penny Hardaway puts on defense is have they bought in on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, and that's one thing that we've heard about JJ this entire time is. The man's a highlight dude, wants to get his, you know, dunks off, wants to get his threes off, you know, that kind of stuff. But will he really buy in on the defensive end of the floor? And in that first game where he wasn't scoring a lot, I noticed some things about him defensively that encouraged me. Um, 
he seemed very aware um, on help defense. And that, that to me, I saw him intercept at least three or four passes in the paint where he was the help side defender coming down yeah. on the weak side and stepped in the way and, and intercepted a couple of passes and took off down the floor. Like those things are like small and are they indicative of what I think he could be for the Tigers this year? No, but I do think that there are signs of things that I've seen in him. His ability to switch the floor super fast is a gift that not a lot of players at six foot nine have. Sure. And that those are the things that encourage me about JJ. Yeah. I mean, especially defensively, if you're showing things like that this early yeah. in August, when they've been, again, we've set up doing a lot of three on three, and you're not getting a lot of five on five. You hadn't been through a real preseason, even season of like what Penny's expectations on the defensive side are. Like, I think that's, inc- I mean, if anything out of this entire trip was concerning, I would say it was defensively just as yeah. a unit, but also given the time at what we're at in early exactly. August, like that's probably, to he be hasn't ex- implemented anything, right? That's yeah. to sure. be expected. Sure, 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 sure. Right. The most encouraging part of that, I think was. Our ability to score, score. Like go out there and score. Absolutely. I mean, Did they I, score below 85 in any game. I think they scored yeah. 85 in one game. Well, what? the first game was 84. Oh, okay. I'm saying 85. Yeah. But yeah. But again, like early, early on in that game, I think there were periods of drought where we didn't score. You go, you go three or four. That was loud. <laughs> You know, for I'm sitting, I almost sit in the Discord. Was like, I'm waiting for the drought clock. Every college basketball game ever, this happens where they're like zero field goals in the last six and the tickers counting 634. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for that to happen. And then they come out and put up 50 in the second half. So it's like, this team can hoop. Yeah. Scoring, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And I, uh, it, it looked literally everyone, and it's only going to get better, especially if they get DeAndre. Like, it, I will say but then Penny's problem only amplifies itself. Yes, correct. I will say if we were looking for a downfall this entire trip, I'm going to have to put in uh, Brown's conditioning. My man looked a little gas at times. He looks good, though. He does. Yes. Which Kenny and I were talking about this before you got here. It's a little. I'm like, what have you been doing? Probably not running because sprints. Should, well, I get that, and I I know that game shape is a different kind of shape, but it just kind of looks like he hadn't been doing a lot. But I will say this: he did get and look better every game after sure. that. Sure, I mean, sure, up sure, to sure. yesterday, he had what twenty four and eleven or twenty three and eleven, I think. Well, you saw like his footwork twenty, him. right? And that's what <clears throat> Kenny and I were talking about: is like as a he he knows how to use his body, position himself. His footwork is absolutely elite level probably i mean we talked about mccadden last year being an elite level cutter i think jordan brown's footwork is elite it's up there for yeah. college basketball like from a a true center perspective post move wise footwork wise he may be the best we've had in a while uh, yeah i can't complain Duran, precious some of those guys that played the five for us even deandre like athletically they can score it they're great physical specimens but like from a true footwork post move like yeah i think jordan brown's different than what we've kind of been accustomed to at a true center position he uses the backboard well he finishes around the basket like i was gonna say his ability to just put it up at the rim which i I know that sounds super simple like you're hella close but like 
It's you would be surprised how many people are that close to the basket can, can't close it right. out. I mean, we've seen it in games with Musa yeah. Cisse. Let's how many, be real. How many times has it happened with Memphis where we're like, I can't even off the top of my head. There was a game. Was it Gonza? I don't. There's a a game recently that's was a big game. That's like we had 13 missed bunnies. Yeah. Where we're just missing point blank shots. That was the oh, Alabama it was Alabama. Game. I, was say, Alabama game. I knew it was a big game. Yeah, it was Alabama game. Where it's like you got Jordan down there now, he's not missing those. Yeah, and not even that. He just he's such a good rebounder as well. Like I, I just I feel like he is a very well rounded big man. Yeah, because he his it's footwork and positioning. He knows where to be on the floor. Knows how to use his body. And but I he'll he, I think conditioning to me it's not an issue. Again, no. he played like thirty two minutes a game last year in thirty <laughs> games. Yeah, I was more so just I'm not worried stretching about it. it to try to find something bad. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it definitely kind of stuck out. Yeah, go can for I it. Say something about that. To me, and I love this kid. I think this kid has the potential to be really good. I was not super impressed by Jonathan Pierre the entire week. Um, I felt like there were some nervous hands that kind of concerned me. And 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 of we've course. talked we've talked about this a lot with him as he's, you know, coming up from the D two you know, ranks up to a D one level. And his first game with that team is playing against a national team for, you know, I, and I, so I get that, but in a 10,000 seat arena, that's fully stacked to the brim and know. his family who is from Haiti was there at the game. So, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of nervousness sure. there, but I was not super impressed by what I saw out of him the entire week. I think he showed flashes. Like we talked about, Kenny. he's got wiggle for sure. Yeah. He's got, Good vision was it had a couple passes that should have ended up being much better than where they got fumbled away. He also, I will say, in game two, hit an absolute clutch three that pretty much officially put the game away with like a minute left against that first select team. Um, I think it put it up seven or made it a three possession game, I think. Um, but again, I it's that's probably more nerves and for yeah. being down there and making, like you said, family there. I'm not at this point, not terribly concerned about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we have all touched on Pierre for the most part. Like there's going to always be struggles because he's stepping up a level. The game's just faster in, in D one. It just is. And it's like high level D one too. It's not like you're going to the Mac and playing basketball or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Or like Eastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, it he's playing a, a the national team. You're playing in the DR. Like, there's a lot at play there. Like, yeah, I don't want to say my expectations are low for Jonathan Pierre, but like, I I just don't know how to gauge it. Like, I need to see him play maybe ten or so games, and then I can build a baseline and go from there. Yeah, and like, I don't know how many minutes he'll play. I don't know. I have no clue what position he'll play. I know that he looks athletic. He can hit threes. And then he has good passing ability. Like, I, that's all I know. And that's my baseline for him. I think he handles the ball pretty well, too, for his size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, a, for a big man. Would y'all not agree that any of the negatives that we are pointing out are, are just nitpicky? nitpicky oh, and, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 1,000%. Look, as Trey said, Penny has a problem. And it's not that he has a team full of guys who can't play basketball. It's that he has a team full He's of guys who can play basketball very well. Too many guys that can play basketball. Yeah. Too many mouths to feed, and I think that can be a problem at times. But you know, come out, show us, show us what you got. 
to a penny what you've got. Yeah. And if you get the guys to buy in, establish their roles, everybody's bought in with one, hey, not going out there to win. Regard, And I think some of that was visible in this week where literally we had a different leading score every night. And it was almost like some of the other guys kind of like, all right, Jaquan's on tonight. Let's go through him. Right. Jordan, JJ are on night three, which is a fantastic, absolutely, and if that's fantastic thing, dude, if that stays through the season, do you know how hard we will beat if we have the capability of five, six, seven different guys that could be the guy any night that could score any night? You got seven dudes that could put up twenty, twenty-five points. Yeah, like what? As a how do you planning as a a defending team? What like what do you tell your guys? Yeah, good luck. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what else to do, but that's extremely encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone disagrees with you there. So uh, with that, we've mentioned a little bit of FAU. There's a little, I don't, this has not been confirmed. And I think that it is coming from an 11 year old insider (laughs) at FAU. So if this does not end up being right, don't hold us to it, but he's reporting that we are playing FAU. What do they call their gym? The owl's nest. The owl's nest. That is literally I think MUS. that's right. That's not, I don't think that's what the tweet said. But uh, February 24th, which Kenny and I were looking at this before we started, if it's any indication, it sounds like what they're doing is sort of that end of the year where we play Houston twice in the last, like, two, three weeks of the season. Obviously, if it's the 24th in Boca, you would expect that the last game of the year, which is typically sort of around that five, six, seventh of March, would be wrapping up the end of the year against FAU before we go to the conference tournament. Um, so something interesting of note could possibly uh, trying to make that Memphis FAU thing sort of the Memphis Houston rivalry. But uh, it looks like they call it the Burrow. Does that have anything to do with owls? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure that. Burrow is something related to an owl. I'm not trying here. I'm trying to Google the habitats of owls personally. Yeah, I think that's probably burrowing owl. It is something okay. to do yeah. with. Um, it's also called mid- a shaku. That is so much better. It's a small. That is accurate of their gymnasium. That's the first adjective there. Is All three thousand people. Yeah. No, I, I think that's probably something to shiku, do with the shaku. Is such a better name. Why didn't they go with that? <laughs> The um, just putting late game or late season decisions on the conference, like you could totally come down to that game. But you know what we've talked about, or Kenny and I talked about before you got here. No, I don't know because I wasn't here. That's gonna make the stretch of end of December non-con all the way to February twenty fourth. Blah, dude, I don't care. Blow everyone out. I hope win every game by 20. I hope I, I, I hope that that is what happens. I don't care that we're playing Charlotte, USF. I do. It's so disgusting. No, just smack them in the mouth and win. Like I, this Can we get this going now that metrics matter and we need to be beating these scrub teams by as many points as possible? Yeah, it's because 20 points, the, right? Well, I think the cutoff's 15 technically. We'd have to look at it. Yeah. It's somewhere around it's there. Something like that. But just blow them out. Don't build up a 25-point lead and then win by 11. Yeah. That doesn't help. We need to blow these teams out. There's been a couple of games last season. We beat season we somebody by 40, Tulane preferably again. Give them another 40-piece this year. Yeah, I think I enjoy beating Tulane by a lot more. 
I think I enjoyed it. It was sweet, sweet revenge. I don't know what it is either. Cause it's not like they're like that good of a basketball. I mean, they're like good. They had talented players. I think it just was because it feels like they've been beating us in everything recently. So they just need it. That was kind of like a, Hey, we're going to beat you by 40 to kind of make up for everything, for everything. So it would also be nice for the football team to go out and maybe beat them by 40 this year. That'd be great for that 2018 game. Yeah. It was 2018 where we played down there and it was uh, like, we've lost the last several times we played down there yeah 2018 where henderson went off yes. in the first quarter and then didn't touch the football again yep. uh and then 2020 we lost down there right with calvin or 2021 it's 21 i think I, say, I think it would be 21 lost down there with with calvin austin by i think 14 two tutties yeah regardless i want to make up for that 2018 football loss no matter what the score is no matter what the sport is it could be women's basketball. I don't care. I would still come back and say that's for that 2018 loss. I don't know why you're hung up on that one. I don't know. I don't. I just. I think it was because we were like smacking them in the mouth real early on, and then it just yeah. it went went sad. I think it's because it ruined our buddy's birthday, and we we're at the lake. We were. That was awful. Tiger yeah. Sports ruins a lot of. Things for me. It really does, man. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Get back. Gosh, the first conference dom- domino. I've been struggling to say domino. Uh, fell last week before our recording, and now the dominoes are just all over. They've exploded. They're the box is broken. The There's yeah. dominoes all over the room. There's not even a Memphis dom- domino available, so don't worry about that. We'll talk about that. Talk a little football. TJ went to spring practice or fall practice camp oh. today. We'll get some insight from him, maybe or maybe not. Um, so come back. We'll be right back. It's hard to poke a hole in this roster. I mean, it's weird saying that in August, but just looking at the spread of it, the way it's the way it's worked out and come together, and what the staff has done. Once again, flowers are deserved. Like, if you're poking a hole, it's all kind of more abstract thoughts. Like, how are they going to gel? If you're just talking roles, they have every role filled. Yep. We won't know that for months. So instead of harping on that, like, you know, some people are going to get fired up about that now. Like, just looking at what's built and where this could potentially go is pretty cool. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Bluff City NIL is an official partner with Coaching for Literacy, a nonprofit organization using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. You can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or at coachingforliteracy on social media platforms. Your donations to Bluff City NIL are 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. So we thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student athletes and helping promote the monumental cause that is childhood literacy. What up? Welcome back. Teach our uh, realignment expert here at BCM, as he calls himself in the I've Discord. I never called him. myself that. Didn't he title yeah. himself that in the Discord? Yeah, no. if you go to his Twitter handle, it now has it in his bio. None of this is true. Um, I do. He's more excited being about being right than he is what's best for Memphis. That's not true. You're taking a stretch. Ask of it the all. Discord, TJ. They you're all don't even think it. that you're a Memphis fan. 
Look how happy he is. I'm laughing. We're not in a state of where anything realignment related is exciting or happy. No, I'm more so laughing. I just because I the whole time I've said, tell us what you do. What do you do? How do you? What do you follow? What are you reading? What do you mean? You don't have sources. I know it's all on Twitter. Who you're looking at? Uh, there's a couple of guys. Jason Shear. Jason Shear is definitely one. He's been he's been on top of it. Not a big swam guy. Swam. No, I hate that guy. No, I don't hate him. That's mean. But like, he just throws all the. Sh- at the wall and just sees what sticks. Like you, that's a guy that will say like some of it's stuck. He also said that Memphis, ECU, Tulane, UTEP, like he named off like thirty schools all applied for the Pac-12. No, that was the other guy. No, that was Swam. No, it was the Jason, the Williams dude said that. Oh, was that who it was? Mm-hmm. But he's also a goober. Yeah, none of that's true. Literally, none of that's true. They all change their course every thirty minutes. Yeah, none of that's true. Uh, well, TJ, a lot has happened. Like we said, the dominoes are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado's the first. Then we had a roller coaster of the end of the week last week where it sounded like Arizona was out of here, which everybody assumed meant the four corner schools were going. Yeah. Colorado had already gone, so you thought Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Then that's the end of Thursday. You wake up Friday and rumors start swirling, all from the national media, mind you that the Pac-12 is sticking together, that they're spotting the college football playoff, that the 106 years of tradition for that conference is what's going to keep them together. They've come to an agreement. They're going to sign the deal. They come out of the meeting, and all hell breaks loose, and everybody's leaving all of a sudden again. I will say that Friday morning, I was so hopeful because I felt like if the Pac-12 stuck to the Pac-9 as where they were at, sure, stayed together because of what McMurphy had already said. He said if they can't get the Pac-12, the rest of the four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, their next move is to immediately add a G5 to get to 14 for 2024, which would include us, San Diego State, UConn, or Memphis, or uh, sorry, UNLV. I, I, if they had come out and signed that TV deal, I. I think we would be sitting here today celebrating being in the Big 12. Really? You don't think SMU? Because they went to... No, but who? SMU. They weren't even listed, Timothy. The four schools were us. I know, but SMU is the one that has been talked about since March. For the Big 12? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the Pac-12. I don't care about the Pac-12. Oh, no. We were never going to the Pac-12. I don't want to play on Apple TV. We were never going to the Pac-12. Or to the Big 12. No. We weren't. I've been so adamant about this, so I don't know why you're giving me that look. We were ne- McMurphy just threw a bunch of names out. We were never going to make it. If Bowlesby was there, yes, I would be 100% on with you. The moment Mark came to town, we saw him. We did not see him. We did not see him. Whatever. I'm in Trusted a sources state. he came to town, yes. College football, commentary alignment, it's all stupid. This podcast will be dead in six months because my fandom will be dead and gone. That's where I'm at. TJ's happy, You're so, so maybe he'll just have a college realignment podcast that he'll carry on without me. No, I just think that you're being very pessimistic about it all. I don't think the end be- is near. Well, let's hear your thoughts. I I, I just think that you the pack the Pac twelve's dead. There's four schools left. Well, I think there's a couple route. The ACC is about to explode. I don't know that to be true. I don't know that to be true. Florida State can try. There's seven schools that are pissed off. No, there were seven schools that have had conversations about leaving and that just means they have seven legal teams looking to try to break that grant of rights 
And here we are months later and nothing has happened yet. As our wise friend D. Grump says, power and money wins. When a Florida state's got power and money, they're going to win. The granite rights will be broken. Look, the media, ESPN, the TV, they'll win. They'll get what they want. I don't even know what it is they want. What do they just want? Two big super conferences in the Big Ten and the SEC? Is that what they want? They want three? No, I think the Florida State just wants more money. That's what's that's what's at, on the table here. But no team has, no school has ever challenged the grant of rights. So this is kind of like, like, a, like a new path that we're well, building I mean, out here. Grants of rights are relatively new, are they not? ACC's had one since like the mid to 2010s, probably. Well, that's I mean, that's what I mean, relatively. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, normally you don't do this type of thing, yeah. right? So not only do does Florida State have to buy their way out of the media right deal uh, of the ACC, basically, then they have to find a way to beat this grant of rights. Because if not, whatever conference they go to, let's say they go to the SEC, that seems to be the one that's you know being yelled the loudest the ACC would still own rights to all of Florida State's home games through 2036. Through 2036. That is disgusting. So far away. So far away. And you're getting no revenue on that. Me all the while. Why didn't they sign that deal till Because then? they didn't no one saw this coming. And then How the, did so you not this see whole this time coming. F- football rules America. Well, think about it. They're getting the media deals 40 million a year for each school. And you were locked in until 2036. It's kind of a long time, honestly. Just throwing that out there. That seems like an egregious That's amount of time. That's what I'm saying. Why? But still, it other conferences, well, you now, never know. Now Florida ESPN's State's stuck laying making, people off left and right, and now you have to pay them no matter what. So at the same time, it kind of seems smart. Well, it, except for now, Florida State's stuck making $40 million a year, and you got Rutgers making seventy. Yeah, but that's not Florida State or nor ESPN's fault. That's just because Rutgers is hanging out with the right friends, which is mm, don't even get me started. Yeah, Trey Rutgers, and I have we Andy, want a relegation. Western, yes, college football should break off from other sports because this is also like it's impacting the Olympic sports, baseball, softball, basketball. Like, just make college football its own thing. Break them off. Do whatever you want. And then if you want to have an upper tiered league, incorporate relegation. You're not like. There's always going to be somebody that's a bottom feeder. In this instance, it's Vandy, it's Rutgers, it's North. Like, they're literally only there because they just happen to end up being at the conference at some point, and they're getting included. The only problem with that is I don't know how those other sports would survive. You can still have conferences. They just don't have to be. No, I mean, like, other sports are surviving because of the profit that football brings in. I'm not saying football gets to keep all the money. Well, I know, but like it, it gets kind of dicey there on how you would break that up. Like, how do you, you basically have to make this weird dividing line of saying, okay, we now have two revenue departments and one has to control the football and then some money goes to the other schools. It just gets so weird because, like, I remember looking at Stanford's, this is so random, but like looking at Stanford of all schools and, how much their revenue works. Everyone, every sport, every sport outside of football was operating at a, a large loss. And football was profiting $13 million. Everyone was in the well, negative, sure and football like was at everywhere. $13 million. And so that was covering all of the other sports. Think about baseball, softball, tennis, golf, all of these sports where everyone travels nonstop, and football is covering all of that and their own travel. 
So that's what I'm kind of going to a point that I was going to touch on later, but like that, that kind of is the reason that I don't think some of these pack schools going to the ACC is going to work out. It's not, that is so like talk about coast to coast. Holy crap. Well, yeah, and, and it's but yes, what it's I mean, for Cal 40 and, million. That's Cal almost like Stanford a are meeting with the ACC right now, and that's the word that the latest. Yeah, that's, that's the out biggest. There. That's the the top one. I think which it's, after last week we said, hey, ACC's our landing spot. Let's Florida State gets out of there. They're going to expand. Rumors started. You know, they've met to talk about expansion. Maybe that's where Memphis fits best. I don't feel like that's happening either. Yeah, I'm up in the air on what I want to happen with the ACC. I don't know if I want Florida State and Clemson to leave or if I want them to all stay together. Cause I think I either way want... Memphis gets involved. And obviously if they all stay together, that's a shiz ton of money. Even if Memphis only takes a portion of it, not a full fledged 40, obviously number. without Florida state and Clemson, which we're not Miami and North Carolina have been tied to that as well. Those four schools have kind of been lumped together as if yeah. Florida state and Clemson leave the Miami and UNC are tied to that. Which, if you take all four of those out, like, the ACC is, I mean, maybe it's a better situation with oh, Louisville and Duke and something, but, like. It's still a better conference than what you're in now. But it's still, it's just like a, you're still kind of in the same spot. No. You're yeah. in a much better, everyone around you is better. I think, especially on average, right? I mean, you would look at, I was trying to look up who those Magnificent Seven, so. UNC, NC State, Miami, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia, and Virginia Tech have all had general conversation about leaving the ACC. So that leaves what, like Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Louisville, um, Wake Forest, Duke, Miami. Did I say Miami? No, I already said Miami. Miami is on the list. Did you say Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech, like – that's a pretty good conference that Memphis is left in. And I think there's a chance that you could take those remaining schools. You could talk to me, talk at, me into it if you had it like App State, ECU. App State, ECU, Tulane, USF. You're going to have to bring over some of your randos. Temple, I would I would honestly argue Convince and UConn try to fight there. UConn to come over with you. That's a hell of a basketball conference as well. And then part of me is like, how weird could you get? Could you take the remainder of the ACC and the best of the AAC, depending on how many you're at, can you just make one hell of a basketball conference and just merge with the Big East? Get real weird with it. It's going to be a big-ass conference. Yeah, it would be like a 2016 conference, something like that. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, I, I, nothing is out of the realm of possibility these days. Yeah, I don't even know, like, there's no telling what's going to happen. I mean, if you told me. I don't me, think it's even close to being over either. I don't know. Like, I don't think they want to get these conferences so large that they capsize on each other, right? Because there's a chance that. Um, I mean, you see a lot of people say that the end goal is 20 to 24 team conferences. It's just so big. I think 20 is probably the number. I thought 16. So what's the biggest right now? The Big Ten is at 18 currently after adding Oregon and Washington. Correct. Or, yeah, Oregon and Washington. So SEC still is 16. So you say they take Florida State, Clemson. They'll pick up Memphis and Miami. <laughs> I, I've been perusing Twitter a lot late at night just to see, like, people mentioning it. There are actually surprisingly 
I have seen us mention several different times <laughs> from SEC fans that people are like, hey, if if there are two teams that you just think are totally off the radar and you wouldn't typically think the SEC would add, who would it be? And people are like, no, oh, Memphis, they fit. They're right there. I mean, that'd be wild. I don't think it's not happening ever. Would they, yeah, I don't think that would ever happen. I think although there was, I saw this come up. I think it was Raycon, Raycom Media back in like 90 something. <laughs> put out this like mega conference something okay with the metro that was I saw it the other day but there's also one guy it wasn't Raycom it was somebody else like trying to prop us up back in the old the early 90s that Memphis should it. be included in the SEC what are your feelings on the existing AAC did you say D's no oh. <laughs> the existing ACs, AAC and the Mountain West merging together. Just make it the best of the rest. I want nothing conference. to do with the Mountain West Why? and their CBS Sports. I don't even have that. It's an additional sports package on Xfinity that I have to add. I don't want anything to do with CBS Sports. Well, you would, you would, it would be. I don't ESPN. want anything to do with the West Coast. I don't want us playing at nine o'clock at night. Into that. I don't want anything to do with it. This, that, and I'm telling you, that's why Look, I'm cool. the ACC makes so much sense. I'm excited to play Boise this year, go there for a return trip. I don't want to be in an every other week thing. No, I hate. We've talked about like those 9 o'clock Grizzlies tip-offs. When and that's go to basketball. The West Coast. That's only like two hours. Two hours, yeah. If you got a football game starting at 9. I it's mean, in it at midnight. I mean, and I'm watching the whole damn thing. It's going to be, It's my wife will not be happy. No. The wives won't be happy. We can't go west. The merging of the middle, no, that's not an option. And the AAC would be horrible for me as a father and a husband. It would just, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I, I think the more I talk myself into it, I think we want Florida State and Clemson to leave. We want ACC I would be schools fine to leave, but we don't want that many. Restructuring the payout to give them more and adding us at a reduced rate, do it. Yeah. Put me in there. Yeah, it'd have to be a, a staggering reduced rate. I don't care. Give yeah. me fifteen million a year is double what we 20. get now. Yeah. Give me twenty. That's yeah. half of what they make. And they're 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 compensating them now differently going forward, whatever that means. They haven't really been clear about how they're gonna do that, but the high performers get compensated in a different manner. So does that mean like what is high performing? Because Florida State hasn't been high performing no, for years. since that. Although I think Norvell's got them on the right track. Oh, for sure, 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 sure. I think They're, odds are they odds favorites to win the ACC. This yeah, I would year? imagine they're crushing recruiting right now. Like it's taking Georgia commits. Like I think they have three five stars signed up right now. Mike, hey, if this all goes where we're like a FCS football program, <laughs> I may have to. We have to jump on that Tallahassee train. Yeah, he's going to – I mean, this in the nicest way possible. They're going to wax us next year. I'm not, I don't Look, I don't have anything against a good Whatever. Wax. You wax get to play it. Florida State. I don't know what, how Mike worked it out in his new contract. He was like, hey, give, mil, give Memphis a couple mil. This happened in boys. college. I went to Jordan Hare, fell in love. I mean, I said I was transferring to Auburn. Granted, now it was the Auburn – Cam Newton, 2010, where they played at LSU at home. It was like two versus four, so it was a hell of a ball game that I saw. Cam had like 250 yards rushing, 250 yards passing. I'm going to go down to Tallahassee next year. I may fall in love with Florida State football program. <laughs> if we're stuck in the same American conference, we are now playing Rice and Charlotte. 
Oh, maybe tomahawking. So you're on board with AAC. I just ACC. Damn, I said so this earlier. Right. I just want just give me something. Just give me fresh blood. I want, I'm sick of. You got plenty at. of new blood. I do, UTSA. No, UNT, that's not new. That's not Charlotte. New. We've been playing UTSA. We've played Charlotte previously. We've been in a conference with them. We've been in a conference with Rice. I'm sick You've of never, these. Goobers. What conference have you been in with Charlotte? We played UNC Charlotte when they were in the. I don't know. Like early, they weren't they in CSA before Charlotte. I think they UNC. just started a football program. And I'm talking basketball. We used to oh, play okay. UNC Charlotte. Okay. That may be different. Anyway, I don't know. I, I think that, Kenny, I'm going to get your opinion on it. What are your feelings on taking the the blown up ACC? I guess it depends on who we're talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, who's who's left over, right? Yeah, like, I mean, who are the, the least sought after? Syracuse? Boise, yeah, or not Boise, Boston College. Just a fact check: UNC Charlotte was in the Metro with us in '92, and then in Conference USA '99, 2001. Not for football. they actually won Which the was... conference tournament champions those years. Yeah, not for football. This is basketball. I mean, let's Continue. say it's Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Louisville, Wake Forest, Georgia Gosh, Tech. That doesn't necessarily get me that excited. All of the name over over the what's currently in the you're AAC. over here bitching about Rice and Charlotte. Now I know, I'm telling you, I know. I'm just Louisville. Nah, I would, take, I would do that all I would, day. Every I'm day. just. I would take it. I'm just telling you, you're still really kind of in the same spot. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's dramatically better. Yeah, dramatically better. It's dramatically better from from a football perspective. Where you're still not going to probably have access to actually win a national title. Do you have more money coming your way? Is that way? the point, though, right now? As like, a fan, yeah. I mean, it, I, I get it, but is that the point? I mean, the, the point I question be- my fandom every single year because we don't have a realistic shot of winning a national title. So every year I'm like, why the hell am I but, even doing this? Again, like... Sports are stupid. This podcast is stupid. I'm done. I'm just kidding. We got to talk Trey <laughs> off the ledge. Yeah, we got to, man. We might need to... You need to take a break? No, we're good. <laughs> no, but I would absolutely go to that conference. I would I would definitely I would too. I'm just saying in the grand scheme you're really not you are in a better spot but you're still left behind. Is there a single one of those schools that you say hey we wouldn't be able to beat and win the conference? Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Louisville Wake, Georgia Tech. I mean I think that's probably who's going to be left. I can't uh well Wake has had our number recently. That's just in bowl games it doesn't count. Louisville's not a bad football program. They're not a good one. Not bad, though. They got money. They do have money. Uh, I'm trying to think this is this. a good spot to bring up the K Ford ranking. Shout out to Johnny Memphis bringing my attention to this. But it's a national ranking average K Ford ratings during the college football playoff error. So their power ratings on a scale of zero to 100. Average is 50 for the FBS level. So during the college football era, there's a ranking for each of one of these teams for every year. So since 2014, um, as a predictive measure of how good that sure. team will perform. Every Power 5 conference opponent or every Power 5 conference team listed here, and then there's a best of the rest section. We are in that best of the rest section. Our overall score was a 65 which is tied with Washington State. We are 41st overall in the country as a football program since 2014, which Timothy is better than 28 current Power 5 teams and better than 
every single team that the Big 12 decided to extend an invitation to with the exception of Utah, who is at 13th. That is better than Arizona State, UCF, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, Arizona, Colorado, all who were selected above us. So it's disgusting. Why is it 2014? Because that's when the college football playoff started. So it doesn't coincide with that random time frame that Memphis adds on everything. No, that's off that one. I year. I realized after we said that this that's why they say 14 because that's when the college football playoff. It's the college football playoff error. That's what they're using as the metric. Okay. So is that better than Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Louisville, Wake Forest? Um, so I, I literally think that, that Louisville's thirty second. So a couple Pitts thirty third. So in the ballpark, Wake Forest fifty six. You're in the ballpark Tech, 50, of all these. Yeah, the only two of that list that you're behind is Louisville and Pitt. What Everybody about else, you're the Virginia of, schools, probably Virginia sixty two, Virginia Tech's forty four. So okay. they were three spots behind you. Yeah. Virginia's twenty spots behind you. I don't. I don't want to like pump that the tires on everything, but I think that ACC leftovers plus, you know, us ECU. I think that App State belongs there. You can bring UAB for whatever reason to, I guess, centrally locate there. With there's only I'll tell Georgia you that there's only one other American team listed on here that's in the top. Well, it goes to seventy eight for best of the rest. Cincinnati. That's not one through. No, they're in the Big 12. Current oh, American team. Yeah. Current American that would be, what, what is their ranking? 69th overall. Nice. That's going to be. Tulane. Oh, Tulane's been dog water outside of that one year. Okay. Um, UTSA. <laughs> no. Also, Surprisingly, no. No, they have only been good the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm not forgetting anyone because this team actually made a conference championship game maybe twice. I was going to say Navy, Navy was my guess. Yeah. Okay. Cause they were, hot they've second. been hog water yeah, the last two years. Well, at least. Keenan Reynolds is gone three years, 2020 really. It just goes to show you and I'm going to be, I'm going to be TJ on all this success on the field. Doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it really does. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. I think if anything, we have learned that more times than not. Yeah. And like it does not. Because if it did matter, then like we'd have been invited when the first Cincy and around. all of them got because we were fresh off the cotton bowl. We had just been dominating Cincinnati. We had like six straight wins over Houston. We had just beaten UCF and had very competitive. We were very competitive with that. What? We hadn't beaten UCF. Yeah, we did. We had just beaten them in twenty twenty. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. I thought you were saying in 2019. No, no, no. They got added after the 2020 season. Yeah, yeah. Because say that's the only one we have. And that you can't. That's not even. Silverfield had a decent year of eight and three. Like that's not. You can't really say yeah, you had a drop. I mean, was there a drop off? Sure, but you're not. We're not talking about you were having gone six and six back to back years already. I mean, that yeah. was before all of that. It's definitely not the on field performance. And I don't think it's really the academics. I think a lot of people try to blame the academics. Academics has nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. Now that there are one status, like that's just like a feather in the cap kind of thing. It's more of something that you can just say you have. Yeah. Academics and conferences are no. 
No, it's, it, it definitely doesn't matter. I don't think the facilities were Maybe that at one point thing. that was an excuse, but today it has nothing to do with it. I would love to know what it actually is. If we're being truly honest, I, I don't, it wasn't facilities. I, I, I think that. I don't think it's any. It's literally the the, the media, the TVs. It's, that's it. I think TV it's the stations are, it's just, are driving it. They're telling the conferences who they want, where, and what matchups they want. I mean, that's all that's driving it. Yeah. So it's it's an unfortunate situation because it doesn't feel like there's anything you can do as a university to kind of fix it, right? You just kind of are what you are. And I, I think we, we talked about this a little earlier on. Like if you could redraft everything, where would you locate yourself? Like if they just redrafted the four conferences, assuming there's going to be four big conferences. And- if you had four con- – Kenny posed this earlier. If you had four conferences, 20 teams, nobody in any conferences a draft – I think Memphis gets selected in the top 80. Yeah. I think you probably fall in the 50 to 60 range. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely a better product if you look at it holistically between football and basketball than Rutgers. I mean, you were Illinois, you were ranked Wazoo. as what? The 50, what did we say? 54 best overall sports program yeah. in the country. But you would have to limit what they're, what they're looking at away from what they're looking at now. And they're looking at, marketplace they're right. looking at market right, right. look i mean right. if you're drafting off of what they're looking at now then memphis gets left out again i don't know that to be true actually i, I think we well, get, i don't know that that yeah we get in terms of market i think we're a decent sized market i mean it's it's not like boston it's not san diego it's not houston it's not houston but we're a decent sized market i think it comes down to those other schools would only be technically ahead of us. Like you have a much bigger market than I'm trying to think of some random school off the top of my head. Champagne. So Illinois, like you're, you're a better, probably a bigger market than, than what Illinois brings to the table, but they just, they were already there there. for so long that they just kind of get grandfathered into all these wild things. So Memphis is the 52nd largest market. So if you go by market, you're in you're in the top fifty five. Okay, that makes sense to me. So you're saying basically there are teams that have smaller marketplaces than Memphis, without a doubt, that, that are, in. are just in Indiana. because they're grandfathered in. Yeah, basically. like yeah, Columbia, South Carolina, Springfield. Oh no, no, that's the wrong one. Yeah, I mean Columbia, South Carolina, that where South Carolina is. They have they're seventy sixth in market. Like you have a bigger market. You have a bigger market than Syracuse. You have. A bigger market than going through this list. Um, obviously bigger than Boise. Yeah, I mean, it, the market's not really that big of an issue. And Trey has pulled out this ESPN article from... Who Don't knows. even try to say it's garbage. There are people out there that agree with me. They just say the city of Memphis watches college football. And basketball. We are a sports town. We are consistently rated in the top 10 for all sports viewing. So, again... We have 37,000 people watching a exhibition game in the dr on youtube in spanish in spanish <laughs> get out of my face Yo tengo dos bicicletas. <laughs> <Let's> talk, <señores. laughs> that's like all i ever I got love, from <laughs> dude freaking uh what celeb the, celeb nicolai yeah. Jordan. Jordan. oh my gosh i love it uh eugene Oregon on Penny here hardaway that's <laughs> so good it was Awesome. It, it really was. I'm not kidding. Not to go back to that, but that was a great I don't practice. know how we tag Gainesville. I'm watching 159. Well, the problem is they also have much larger alumni bases. So I know. Like, sure, well, sure, we encompass sure. That plays more into it. I know. But. Um, all right. We're, this is, we could do this all night. 
at the end of the day, where does Memphis end up? And does it happen this year? We're going to see a change of some sort for Memphis conference-wise this year, this go-around. Or are we about to be in the American and nothing happens for the next two years? No, I I want it to happen. I really do. I'm just not this year. I think what's going to happen is, damn, I don't know, man. It's so tough because I, I want to say the ACC breaks up. But not this year. I just don't know when it's going to be because that grant of rights is so ironclad. Like there is so much they have to overcome to make that work out. And I, I think that where there's money and there's will, but the grant of rights is with the conference. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So who's fighting the schools would basically sue the schools that don't want to break it. Yeah. They would, they would sue. No, the the schools that do want to break it would try to sue the ACC to get out of it. Saying like, you're basically holding us here against our will. (laughs) I don't even, who's the commissioner of the ACC? Um, had you not asked, I probably would have eventually said it. Your Max brother. That's not true. I wish that. Well, no, no I don't. don't wish you that want Bob Bowles? Yeah, I wish it was Bowlesby. Um, no. I, Does anything happen with the American this year? I'm not saying change like change for next season. Sure. Do we see some sort of merger with the Mountain West? Do we see some Pac-12 some or other? No, I don't think what so. What happens to the Pac-4? Well, <laughs> on Twitter, they just said that there's some rumors. I don't that know that I want to know this. They're trying to take that there are <clears throat> their power four conferences or power three conference guys that are trying to or power four conferences that are trying to take those four teams and spread oh, them out that. to ensure that they're ensure included. that they're included. I saw that. Wait, Which what? is just the grandfather crap again. It's just the grandfather. They're just trying it's to the, include them because they'd been included before, and now they're left out by themselves. They want to put them in, in a place where they're stay in that power five. Just, yeah, that's actually interesting because, like, schools like Washington State, like Washington State has been struggling, like, financially. They've had to make budget cuts. They've had to lay off people, and they're going from spending 30, avoid- 40 million down to potentially – Eight million if they're in the American, down to four million if they're in the Mountain West. You can't survive. Like that's a that's too radical of a change. Like I would be shocked if they kept sports programs. Like it is that drastic of a turn. So you're yeah, telling eight. me a Power Five team is going to have to potentially get rid of some of their Olympic sports that you're talking about? I'm is not sure they would be able to have any sport, and not at the way they had been doing it, right? I mean, they were used to spending a $40 million budget, and now they're being dropped down to potentially a four if they end up in the Mountain West or an $8 million budget if they're in the American Unless conference. they get grandfathered into a Power 5 conference. Yes, but, like, who the hell's taking them just because? Like, I don't understand that. I don't think that's going to happen. You all, Pullman offers nothing unless you link them in with the Big Ten just because they're friends with Washington and you have something there. They just—they offer you nothing sports-wise. What's they offer that you nothing. Mark the Apple Cup. Yeah, I think that's right. That's it. NCAA football knowledge. Well, that's from NCAA fourteen or whatever. Yeah. Playing the game over and over. RIP. That game's never coming back. All right, let's move on from commentary alignment. TJ, you were out at uh, fall camp. Mm-hmm. Anything to report? 
in your 15 minutes of viewership? Yeah, not not much to pick up on. Um, the one thing I stood by the D line right before. And they're deep. They're deep. They're big, dude. That's probably the biggest D line I think we've ever had. That's good. Yeah, it makes me Love and to like hear that. That's one thing you and I have talked about. Like we definitely think that's going to be one of the biggest strengths of this team. Yeah, I mean it was it was mentioned um, the other day uh, in an interview with uh, Simeon Blair was on Sports Fifty Six with Greg Neely, and they asked him just about position groups to watch out for that were sticking out. And he said first right off the bat was D-line and the depth that they have at the the D-line position gets me excited. What are y'all going to do if in the first couple of games of the season you see the defensive line getting quarterback pressure in games unlike they have in the last however many years? It's going to be crazy, right? Well, yeah. Well, I will be fired up. Uh in section 117, first row behind the concrete wall with my shirt off, waving it. I don't know what TJ will be doing. Not that. I you just got to think the defense was pretty damn good last year without getting a ton of pressure. Yeah. So like I if think we have a chance for the defense to really legitimately be like, oh, without a doubt, the I mean, best in this conference. Jalen Allen obviously coming back. Um, now that probably means we're winning football games like twenty seven fourteen. No, I don't. I have faith in the offense. I, I don't think they're going to be bad by any means. Hashtag win with class. Mm, no, but the D line like Trench Baby, our boy Trench Baby, Derek Hunter, Jalen Allen. I think you're going to have Cromante. Cromante's back. Ellison is up there, and then you start working in guys we have seen play before: Whitlow, Brockington. Uh, Newcomer or Darius Jones, uh, Joiner coming from FAU. The only good thing about FAU, Jalen Joiner, the only thing that's good about that place. Um, I don't know. I, I think that there's guys that were playing good, decent snaps for you last year are now kind of buried two or three spots deep on the depth chart. So, if anything, I, I think that kind of adds to how deep they truly are. They basically just did a line change on the D-line. Yeah, which is something I think Ryan alluded to, too, is like they saw that. They saw that the end of games last year, fourth quarter of games, not having that depth at the D-line, yeah. it starts to kind of hurt you, right? You got guys that have played more snaps than maybe you were wanting, and they're tired. Yeah. So hopefully you work guys in earlier, you get more people working in and out. So at the end of the game, your Cremante's fresher in the fourth quarter can get the play, make the play on third and long or whatever it may be, right, that kind of closes the game out. So I think that's what their focus has been here at the start of fall camp is closing games out. We've yeah. seen, obviously, uh, in the last year especially, not being able to do that. So uh, I'll it's, say it's just wild to me to think that last year starting, was he a tackle maybe? Um or Dallas Duckworth. Yeah. When he came into Memphis as a freshman, he weighed 205 pounds. And as a senior, I think they had him listed at like 240, 250. Mm-hmm. But he was not. He was a very, very small defensive lineman. And he played a majority of the minutes. Yeah. And was just, as much as I love Wardalis, was just not as effective as what you could probably see out of these guys that are on that defensive line now. Sure. I I think that it's not only that they're bigger. They also are more 
experience. I think that's probably the word because you're bringing JUCO guys, you're bringing in guys that started at P5, went JUCO, then came back, uh, bounce back guys, I guess yeah. that's what they kind of call them. So um, the experience, I think, plays a large part in that as well. So Absolutely. One other position before we jump on that I want to get your opinion on it, both of your opinions on it, because we've heard one thing and we've always seen something different, and that is we want to – we want one guy at running back and it's typically been a running back by committee situation. Well, this year I think an argument could be made that they have plenty of weapons at the running back position. It's just how many touches are each guy going to get kind of thing. And do you think that is going to cause an issue? I am not a fan of the running back by committee. I don't like having, say one guy get 10 touches and you got another's got seven and then two with five and five. Um, I would prefer to have a real clear cut one and then maybe not far behind that at two. Um, I think we are in a position where we're going to see four, likely four different guys get carries, yeah. especially early on, which if you're doing it early on to figure out kind of who the one is and you end up down the rest of the stretch of the season with a clear cut number one, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, a name that I've heard Simeon mentioned it in an interview. We've heard a couple is Sutton, which we're big fans of on the pod. Oh, yeah. um, would love to see him get more touches this year. But again, with Ducker, with Watson, Sutton, Bull, BT, I mean, that's five right there that yeah, we – I'm not saying they all deserve sure. touches necessarily, but I think they will all get their opportunity. Now, does one of them stand out amongst the others and claim that number one throne? But I'm not a fan. I do not want to be going into November and Ducker and Watson are equal in carries with like – BT right behind him. Yeah. I think it proposes like a a good question. Like, do you have situational guys? Like, I think that's fine. I think bull is a perfect power runner. You got a goal line guy. Bull's a goal line guy. Brandon has been a good goal line guy. Sure. Um, How does Ducker fit? I just don't Brandon to me. I would honestly be surprised. I know Ryan's loved him in the past. Obviously, he started two years ago very strong. Just from an injury standpoint, like, yeah, I just don't know. Well, I think we've seen Brandon be very, very good. Very good. The problem is he just hasn't stayed healthy, and I wonder how much that plays into it. Yeah. So, who is it? The we played at Arkansas State. Yeah, 2021. 2021. Yeah, like two years ago. Great. Yeah, he led the country in rushing through three Great. games. Yeah, he was fantastic. And then he just kind of got banged up, and we never really saw it. The O-line hasn't really been good. Well, then he had a little bit of the fumbleitis. Yeah, so. That hurt him. I'm curious to know how he falls on this. I know Ryan really likes him. We know they brought Blake in for a reason. They brought Hargrove in for a reason. Sutton is great. There's no way you can keep the ball out of his hands. I don't know if. If it's going to be a situation where you put him in the slot, move him in motion, just yeah, as I mean, a mismatch, he's a, he's a guy you can kind of throw you put him anywhere. You find yeah. a way to get him on the field because he is that electric with the ball. Hell, I'd probably put him at quarterback and just 
little wildcat. Just get funky one play and then give the ball right back to Seth and let Seth make the plays. But there's just so many different guys. Like I know that I've cracked on Jay Ducker for his speed, but for all intents and purposes, he's a very good running back in terms of letting him stay within the tackle box. He does. He makes the right cuts. He typically doesn't fumble it. Like he, he just doesn't break away. He's effective Watch. with a really good offensive line. Sure. I think if you, and we saw that. And so you got, and so, and so it, what's the offensive line going to look like? And will that open up holes for Jay Ducker? Yeah. Yeah, and if it does, I'm curious how that will all definitely work out then because if they're opening up polls for Ducker, I totally see that a situation where he's getting 15 carries as your bolt carry guy and Blake is your change of pace, let me run inside zone and just blast one for 70. And they find a way to get uh, Sutton. Sutton, yeah. And it could be those three guys. I could live with that. Sutton is a Swiss Army and then a J and Watson one, two. Yeah, that's, throw a bull in there, BT in there in a goal line situation. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, that's where I, I think I'm sitting now, but that could obviously change. Like I can go Friday and you know it's something. TJ will come back next week with a totally after two new practices have a totally different stance on it. Yeah, I mean my depth chart and everything's already factored in. Like I already know who I've got. There's nothing I could see at practice that I think would make me change anything yeah. for the most part. So. Okay. Well, we are four Saturdays away from Tiger football. It is that time of year. We'll continue try to provide some updates from camp that we're seeing. We will have a full football preview episode. We'll take some questions, probably post them in the Discord, maybe on Twitter, try to get answers from you guys. We'll do some superlatives. We'll look at the depth chart, maybe run through a quick schedule prediction. Yeah. Um, we'll do that in the coming weeks. But, uh, Tej, let's jump into this squonky, squonky. and get out of here since it's 2.30 a.m. <laughs> As you ruined for it earlier, you like the can a lot. That's not. I can say that I like the can. I just don't know what the hell's going on. It's a There's squirrel monkeys, and a monkey, right? But it is also, it's a spade, right? That's what that is. His head is a spade. Yeah, I don't know if that's... They're doing a little card action in there. All right, now you confuse me, yeah. What is that? Not what that is? No, you're right. It's a squirrel and a monkey, but also, um, like, I don't... That is like some cow stuff going on here. Yeah, that is throwing me off. I'm not really sure what that is. Yeah, I can't say I know what that is. Um, I do like the can though. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna can. I'm gonna go. I feel like we haven't given a highly rated can in a while, but I'm gonna say. <laughs> seven <laughs> seven point two seven two. Can um, he just give me? Thank you, shat his pants. <laughs> it's I mean, a cool can. I don't I don't really know what's going on here. It kind of looks like one of those <laughs> ribbons for uh like breast cancer awareness kind of situation. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Squonky. I mean Kenny, you need to go to the ER. If that if that came out of you. We need to, in the episode, you need it, to go to the doctor. It's a cool can. I don't think I like it as much as you just because I don't know what the heck's going on. Um, I'm probably going to say like a 6-2 out of 10. I don't hate it. It's not bad. I just don't really know what's going on here. Um, all right. That's fair. What, exactly one below me? Yeah, like one point. One whole point. What you think about the From beer? the beer, I will be honest. From the get-go, I'm not, I don't like a lot of hoppy. It's the hoppy, hoppy lager. lager. Was had me nervous, but I enjoyed this. Yeah, it's good, man. I would, uh, I would definitely have multiple of these. 
Yeah, it's 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 good. I mean, it's a it's a solid. I f- I don't want to do the same exact score, but I f- it's like right there in this. I'm gonna say like seven one. Um, I think I would probably go a little lower. I think it's fine. It's good beer. <laughs> like I could definitely drink multiple of them. I just don't love it that much. I would say like a six nine out of ten. Nice. Um, I could definitely have multiple of them and probably will this year at tailgates, but I don't know. I think it's just missing a little much for me. Missing a little much? Yeah. It's super decent, though. It is super decent. All right, <laughs> that'll uh, wrap us up. Come, I mean, we got to get out of here before. I mean, I can't My eyes are burning. Literally, TJ's eyes have started watering. Uh, come back next week. Stay for the cold. Bring a cold beer. Stay for the hot takes. Wow. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Like and subscribe at Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports.